0: On Radio Veritas, good news for a change, changing gear with myself, uh, Father Brian and, and Father Cabello.
1: Beautiful afternoon it is. We're coming to you live all the way from Edenvale and in case you've just tuned in, tuned in it is Changing Gear with myself and Father Cabello and this afternoon we are going to be weighing in on bad homilies and bad sermons. And We're going to be joined on the line shortly by Father Martin Badenhorst who is a Dominican friar who has a lot of experience in training young men for the priesthood. Uh, Father Cabello, he was
0: also your lecturer at some point. If I'm not yes, I remember I he taught me Hebrew, my brother. Oh, my God. Don't remember. I don't know. And it, it was, it was uh, on, 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 on Tuesday afternoon after lunch.
1: God, I remember how I used to sleep in those classes. But anyhow, should we be even speaking to him after all that anger? But <laughs> have you gone over
0: that? I hope he's not listening. I don't think so. I don't think
1: so. Let's try and see and get uh, if Tato got him on the line. Uh, okay. Tato gives us a signal that he's on the line. Father Martin, good afternoon. Welcome.
2: Good afternoon, Father Brian, and I was
0: right behind you when you said that. (laughs) Those are lovely moments. Oh my God, all right.
1: Speak for yourself. (laughs) Father Martin, and uh, good afternoon once again. Welcome to the show.
2: Always a joy to be on
1: radio, very kind, Father Martin. We've been uh, there's been uh, there's been a lot of talk of late. Um, uh, We had a we had a document that came out a a few weeks ago on uh, bad homilies and uh, the abuse of the lay people by us priests, and uh, the um, the Holy Father himself sent out um, a document to.
0: Yeah, he also he said he gave us some directives as to how homilies should be done, and mm-hmm. one of the most important, uh, you know, directives, is the homilies should be brief. Mm-hmm.
1: And so we want to focus on 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 what we might consider as bad homilies. And uh, I would like us to start from 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 a place of training because you've been involved and are still involved in the training of young men to the priesthood. Mm-hmm. Is the training when it comes to Preaching and how to say sermons and how to prepare for, for 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 Sunday masses and what is going to be delivered. Is there a course in the seminary? Are students taught how to do these things?
2: Yes, there's a course called homiletics in seminary mm-hmm. that um, carries on over two and sometimes three years, a little bit depends on how the programs Mm change from time to time, but at least two years of homiletics, Mm -hmm. and that is the the art and the method of preaching. Of course, every person has to find their own way in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, The homiletics course can only set you on the road, it doesn't supply you with everything you'll ever need for the preaching situation. Mm
1: So that course equips the students with the basic skills.
2: With the basic skills. And, you know, it's like anything with basic skills, you've got to keep on practicing the basic skills no matter how far advanced you are. Ask any soccer player about that. Um, You always have to go back to the basics, even as you build your skill set, as you build what's a very important part of preaching for me is intuition, the contact with the congregation, mm-hmm. for no matter how well you prepare a homily, um, or what, how wonderful you think it is in your own mind, mm-hmm. you've always got to allow that room for God's Spirit to speak to you in that situation, mm-hmm. never entirely abandoning what you've prepared, but open to the, the dialogue of the Spirit and the dialogue with the congregation that happens during the first part of the Mass, and how they receive the word when it's proclaimed
0: hmm. interesting father, father, father martin you said you know we should stick to the basic um, skills and it's true that say you know at home, at at a, at, a, at a you know seminar we are taught uh, homiletics well and, uh, but sometimes after some time we lose the basics what do you think could be the causes of uh, many priests to you know to live or forgotten those basics so that we know that you know that the, you know the, the, the uh, you know the consequences of course if you if you forget mm-hmm. the basics you really don't give a good time. what could be the cause of that
2: one of the worst sins on the side of a priest is uh, not realizing that the word of god is living Mm. and it's so easy with our three-year Sunday cycle and our two-year weekly cycle within three years of your ordination to have all your Sunday sermons worked out for the next for the rest of your life. Mm. And every three years, predictably preach the same sermon, or even worse, <laughs> preach the same sermon at every mass in season and out of, out of season, <laughs> and not allow the living Word to speak to you as you approach the Sunday and the congregation, mm. because the living word is also present in the congregation, what it might be going through, mm. um, the problems and the joys that are a part of that congregation.
1: So, Father Martin, would that constitute a bad sermon? Or what? Well, re-preaching
2: every three years. Yes, yes. Or,
1: or pulling off the internet because some, some of Pulling
2: off the internet is even worse because you cannot use somebody else's words. The lack of genuineness um, comes across immediately.
1: What then really constitutes a bad homily or a bad sermon?
2: The really bad sermon is where you do nothing more than retell what's just happened in the gospel. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because you bring as a homilist through through prayer and through your own interaction with the gospel and with the congregation you bring to life that situation you don't just describe what jesus did uh, a homily that starts with well in today's gospel we hear jesus a b c and d and then get, <laughs> never, never gets any further than that um i think is the worst because the gospel the powerful word of God on its own, as proclaimed, and doesn't need to be repeated just by a lazy pastor.
0: Father hmm. Martin, uh, how how good is a uh, how long should be the good sermon?
2: A really really good sermon should be about fifteen minutes, and an extremely good sermon is about six to seven minutes. Hmm.
1: Wow, wow. <laughs> now, here we are in the document that, uh, was, uh, that has been a, a point of discussion that has got many people talking around the world around bad Simmons. Um, we had a few examples of what bad sermons would be, mm-hmm. and one mm-hmm. of the examples was when the pastor uses the pulpit to play David Cow and be a comedian, for example. And
2: Yes, and the other is to use it as a bully pulpit. As a what? a bully pulpit please explain um, to use the opportunity of screaming and shouting at people about um, parish shortcomings
0: mm. <laughs> hmm. Jesus Christ, um, you know, always used parables and those were very catchy. Uh, at least they, brought them, they were able to bring the, the meaning. How important in the sermon to bring a story that, well, uh, perhaps some people will love the story or love the story and end up laughing. Uh, and that how important it is for a for Martin to incorporate stories in your homily?
2: It all depends on whether you're a good storyteller or not. Um, any technique is useful. And this is, you know, in homiletics, one has given advice, use a story when appropriate. Mm. Uh, For some priests, they have the gift of telling an engaging story just to draw people into what they are presenting in the homily. And I say, if you're a good storyteller, if you're an inventive storyteller, and if you're a prayerful storyteller, go with that. Mm. Every priest Must develop his own style.
1: The problem then arises when uh, the sermon becomes too long and it becomes repetitious, it becomes boring, and you can actually, you're sitting in the pulpit, and Father's uh, ideas are so unorganized. You can tell how unorganized he is in his mind, and you don't even want to imagine his office. And then you can even tell whether Father prepared. Prepared for this uh for this sermon because you can tell that things are just trying to be pulled together. And then you get to think what is this man because i've had so many people say to us and even to me personally say to me uh, when we leave church sometimes we uh, we ask ourselves what was father saying you know or he might have said x and y then people also say oh we knew that he, it was directed to mrs sorrenso who mm. was sitting in the in the in the in the pews because she didn't want because mrs Sorensor maybe was Father, father, father is just trying to assert his authority as the sole decider in the parish, and therefore he's telling Mrs. Soren, so just because you're in the finance committee doesn't mean that you think you can control me, you know. And he wraps it up mm. in a in a in a little sermon. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, sometimes people do come to you afterwards and say, "Father, that was meant for me," um, <laughs> but there's a good way in which it's meant for me. Mm. Uh, somebody who's had the spirit awakening a call within them, mm. and then there's the bad way. This was meant for me. In other words, you were using the pulpit to bully me. Mm. Um, mm. And yeah, there is a difference. There is a difference between the two. I often think that the best sermon a priest preaches is the one that he needs to hear. Mm. Oh. And the other thing about sermons being too long they should set they should set a spark a fire in the the consciousness and relationship of people with god this the point of the sermon is not to set the fire and then watch it burn down to ice cold ash
1: hmm. and some but of them
2: just to trust that the spark will carry it further through the week and through the life of that person
1: hmm. so the sermon is not about the pastor himself; the pastor should realize that i am a vehicle i'm an instrument and i should be preaching god and christ and the holy spirit and not me 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 and when i was the most
2: important thing the preacher can do is get out of the way wow
0: Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) no that is quite interesting um one thing that i'm just wondering father martin is the role that can be played by you know a current congregation uh, do you think is, is there any specific uh, role that he can help to play to assist, uh, you know, the pastor to you know kind of give a feedback and maybe uh, to give a good homily constantly? Because if you're in a parish for five years, obviously you know uh, in three years people will know your first you know introduction on your homily. So uh, is there any role that can be played by the congregants?
2: Um, some priests like to have a gospel study group mm-hmm. um, for, to poll the community, mm-hmm. but the most important thing is also one of uh, Pope Francis's favorite phrases is to smell like the sheep. Mm-hmm. Um, to have that openness and that contact uh, with the community constantly, not just through the meetings, but the actual contact with people. Mm-hmm when somebody stops you at the supermarket and pours out a little bit of their heart uh, not to use that in in the homily but to know what the issues are that people are facing mm. um, to, to not be out of touch where mm. you need to listen for god's spirit giving insight into the life of the congregation so there are 101 ways in which you can do it mm. but to remain close to the people themselves mm. and that means and stepping off your little clerical pedestal every now and then, and <laughs> truly hearing what people have to say, go and sit in a in a little restaurant um, or a takeaway and just drink a cup of coffee and hear what people, not just only your own congregation, what people are talking about around you, mm. um, what the issues are, what the pains are, what the joys are.
1: I like the fact that you're encouraging and challenging us as priests to get off our, our clerical pedestal. Mm. But uh, the other pedestal that I think we also latch onto and uh, jump onto is that uh, academic pedestal where some of us think because we've studied exegesis and we are theologians and we are the official churches, uh, churches teachers, we think we are the only ones who have the monopoly to the truth and uh, God can only reveal things to us, the clerics, and not to anybody else. And because of that, we develop a sense of arrogance, and that arrogance comes with not being simple. So when we even deliver our sermons, everybody has to know that I'm doing a PhD in systematic theology, and um, I will be explaining things from, from, <laughs> from an archaeological perspective, and the church is being tortured uh, by what I'm saying and not even being natured.
2: And Nonsense! All that education has been there to prepare you to listen, not to glorify your own name.
0: <laughs> um, Father Martin, um, with the you know with the influence of uh, you know social media, we see you know um, our people now. Many Catholic Catholics are exposed to you know pastors giving uh, homilies in, in in on TV on radio, as they've got their own style of preaching, uh, and they see that from time to time and they sometimes go to you know go to church to catholic church to go to mass with the same expectation that what i got from the media from tv i'll get it uh, uh in, in during mass so don't you think our community also sometimes community sometimes have a huge expectation on priests mm-hmm.
2: there is a huge expectation some of these preachers of course come from traditions where you could carry on for hours and hours and hours um which is not possible in in our context. Remember, we too, as priests, need to keep a balance. Uh, the presence of Christ, his real presence within the word proclaimed, and within the Eucharist, need to be in balance, mm. and that's a real challenge of our liturgy, which why which is why it can't tolerate mm. too long a sermon, because then you're drawing attention away from the unity of the Mass. Mm. The Word flowing into sacrifice, the sacrifice flowing into communion constantly with each other, the communion being a communion with the Word again, flowing into sacrifice. So that the whole context of our form of worship needs to be honoured, and it's different, yes, from the form of worship in other churches. Mm. There's plenty of room for truly charismatic preaching, um, it all depends, once again, on personality. But you need to genuinely place the gifts of your personality, whether it's being charismatic or being quieter, at the service of God, and God will use you to the best of your abilities in that context. But not thinking you can do better than what God wants to do through you.
1: And our last question, Father Martin, is uh, came from one of our listeners, and they were saying to us. When people get recruited for certain jobs or when they uh, take on certain uh, certain uh, functions, either be they singing. If you don't have a voice, you cannot be a singer. And uh, they are saying to us, if somebody comes and say they want to be a priest and they are being ordained, and we find them not being able to speak in public, they cannot express themselves, they cannot articulate themselves, they are saying, why don't we say to them, maybe this is not for you. What would you say to them?
2: We also need to look at the whole person because preaching is not simply um, those minutes you spend in the pulpit after the gospel. Mm-hmm. Preaching is also the full example of a life lived at the service of God. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah, particularly of St. John the who is the patron saint mm-hmm. of people being formed for the priesthood, who was an atrociously bad preacher. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But because the word shone through him as a person. Mm-hmm. There were thousands at his masses. Eventually, um, gaining nourishment from not from what he said, but how he was as a priest. Wow. And I think the people of God must also um, realize that the word takes on many forms. And maybe because they are bored by their priests. When he spends that time after the uh, gospel in the pulpit, they are forgetting to look at who he is as a priest and as a whole servant of God in their lives. Mm -hmm. That's also important.
1: Wow, Father Martin, thank you very much. Thank you very much for shedding light uh, for us. And uh, it's always a delight to have you on the show. Every thanks so much. And God bless. God bless, Father Martin. It's 19 minutes before the hour five. And in case you've just tuned in, it is Radio Veritas 576 AM, the only Catholic radio station in South Africa that gives you the good news and the good music for a change. And we're talking. Talking about abuses during homily and the sermons. And we'll be opening the lines soon. Would like you to share with us your your experiences of bad sermons. Share with us. Maybe even your experience of good sermons. Maybe mm. father, because of language barrier, <laughs> father cannot express himself because it's You know, father yeah. to be how and, uh, you know, so father is is limited. Or maybe it's not about it's just because, of father, uh, we are and filanje. Mm. So, share with us your experiences of bad sermons, share with us your experiences of um, abuse towards uh, uh, during the sermon and uh, bad homilies. We'd like to hear from you.
0: It is changing gear, that station that gives you good news and uh... good news for a <laughs> change. <laughs> but I you're enjoying yourself, <laughs> radio.